0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Lifebox Media Channel. Today we're privileged to have, from Ranch Hands Rescue, Mr. Bob Williams. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good, my friend. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes to come on the show. Very appreciative of you having you on here today. Tell us a little bit about Ranch Hands Rescue, my friend. Well, we're a counseling center. Um,
1: I discovered something about 10 years ago, which is uh, the power of uh, partnering abused and neglected animals with abused and neglected people. So the best way to think about us is in any segment of the population, there's about 1% to 8% of individuals that need a different or more alternative approach to mental health. And so that's where we come in. Um, We happen to specialize in kids that have been sexually abused and human trafficked. That our program really works for any segment of the population that's been in treatment for 12 to 18 months, and they're regressing, you know, which means they're just not getting any better.
0: And, and that's, a, that's absolutely incredible. What kind of animals do you use?
1: So we've got a variety of uh, farm animals. The majority of animals come to us from law enforcement. They've been, uh, I call them the throwaways. Uh, they've been... Usually, gotten through seizures and that sort of thing. Um, for when people have been arrested for animal cruelty or neglect, and uh, and ordinarily with the you know severe amounts of uh, issues that they have, they would be euthanized on the spot. So, I wanted to establish a sanctuary for special needs animals. I believe with all my heart that our animals, our kids, our elderly that you know we have to be their voice and I think that these animals are just as important as a healthy animal that can be adopted so I, I we agree. established the sanctuary in 2009 so that we could um, have a forever home for them so we've got everything from horses to llamas, alpacas pigs, dogs cats, uh, you know you name it, or sheep
0: uh, that sort of thing. You have a Texas Noah's Ark down there. <laughs> uh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, now, here's a very interesting thing that uh, I've become. I've learned a lot about recently on uh, the last several years is the human trafficking, and people think, "Oh, it's not in our town. It's not in your town. It's," and I found out that one of the top uh, places in the country. Is in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I happen to have grandchildren and children there, and I was like, wow, I couldn't believe that this booming college town was a top place for uh, human trafficking. And it's since it's, it's, uh, it's Human and Traffic Awareness Month this month, right? Right, correct. And so tell me a little bit about what you've learned in the process of this.
1: Well, um, you know, I designed my program for people like me. And so I think one of the best ways to understand what Ranch and Rescue does and, and kind of how we got
0: here is just to tell you a little bit about me. Please and, do. Uh, uh, so, you know, I
1: uh, grew up with a pretty normal childhood, uh, you know, blue collar family. And um, at 17, I woke up with a knife to my throat and I was brutally beaten and I was raped. And uh, my father was retired military and I spent a week in the hospital. And when he picked me up from the hospital, he said, you're just going to man up, and we're never, ever going to talk about this again. And, you know, those days were different because there wasn't programs for boys. And, you know, my father was a wonderful man. He was a good man, but he was a hard man. And so, you know, we were raised in an environment where when we were two, we learned how to ice skate and walk at the same time. We were six. All of us boys learned how to box. I mean, you know, my dad was a was man's man. right? And so... Uh, Um, You know, I couldn't process it. And so, you know, I barely graduated high school, um, ended up uh, turning into drugs and alcohol, was homeless by the time I was 20, active in my addiction in my early 20s, got clean and sober for the first time at 26, relapsed at 27, and got clean and sober for good at 28. I've been clean and sober now ever since over half my life. And, uh, and that's something I'm very proud of, but I, I always tell everybody that, you know, I'm one of the lucky ones. I was diagnosed with PTSD and high anxiety in 1997. And so for years, you know, I didn't deal with that trauma. Now I've had a tremendous amount of counseling and a tremendous amount of, uh, you know, help over the years. But the reality is that, um, trauma is stored in our body. And so when you don't deal with the issues of the past and the things that have happened to you, you know, it manifests itself as you get older. Now I was very lucky because I was able to, you know, when I was getting clean and sober, I did every terrible job you could think of, you know, from, you know, cutting sod to, you know, just trying to get my life back on track. And of course I didn't have a college education. So, you know, where where do I go? What do I do? and I was fortunate enough to get hired by Motorola as a sales guy. And back in those days, the phones were $5,000 and they were in a briefcase, you know.
0: <laughs> right. And
1: it was a, yeah, it was a commission job, and uh, uh, you know, you'd, we'd sell them to attorneys and doctors and different things like that. You know, they didn't have, they had sell sites only in areas where people were wealthy. Well, I became the number one sales guy and in the country, and then I was promoted to sales manager, and Monroe said to me, you know, if you if you want to grow in this company, you're going to have to, you know, get some education. So I got back in school, and, you know, and I, and I always tell everybody I'm one of the lucky ones, because, you know, I, I did have a break, and to be able to get hired by a Fortune 50 com- company, you know, at that time, you know, those things really don't happen today. Right. So I was able to get back into school and get my education and that sort of thing, but 10 years into my sobriety, I knew that I wasn't really mentally healthy. And what I mean by that is um, when you have to get up 25 times a night and make sure that you lock the door, when you have to make sure that all the windows are locked, when you have to sleep with the lights on, when you have such fear to close your eyes, that's not normal. And so I went to meadows in wickenburg arizona which is where i really got the help that i needed to deal with my rape and my trauma and um and that sort of thing and put it behind me and it was like somebody had lifted ten thousand pounds of pressure you know off of my shoulders so my whole point to the conversation is i understand trauma and i understand addiction and when and and so but i've been blessed to have a pretty fortunate life you know what i mean i've been um, or doctors that bring them in and I, I went in and he saw me and he said you know I think you're having a stroke and I got into the medical center and I got that stroke medicine that if you Uh, And I'd say, I don't know. You know, it's like these animals are having this impact on me. And uh, and we had a sheriff here in Denton County, Benny Parkey, who taught me, he's passed away now, but he taught me everything I needed to know about animal cruelty and those kinds of things. And that's why I wanted to work primarily with law enforcement to, you know, deal with those types of of issues and take the animals that ordinarily would be euthanized. Because most rescue groups don't want to take them because... The cost is so high, you know what I mean, to rehabilitate them and to maintain them. And I know I'm get going around about here and answering your question, but hopefully I'll tie it up for you real quick.
0: No problem, so, no problem. Um, this, this is my show. We, 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 it's your story.
1: <laughs> well, you're very kind. By the way, this is a big honor for me, so I, I appreciate you Yeah. The It's a
0: privilege, sir. It's and, uh, a privilege. Thank you. And what happened was... Um, you know, I, I found
1: a, a a counselor who helped me design a program and, and everybody said, you know, it's not going to work. You gotta have healthy animals. There's just, there's nothing to this. And I basically begged and pleaded with everybody. And, uh, I finally got a counselor to come in with some clients that she was working with, who she was doing work with healthy horses and sexually abused kids. And, uh, and she said to me, you know, I think there's really something here. You know, I seem to be able to get to the root of the trauma quicker. And so we thought, okay, let's design a, pro- a program. And I did. And I took it to um, one of the children's advocacy centers. And the director and the clinical team said to me, boy, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. You know, I, I mean, we just absolutely love this. And I said, great, when can we start? the director looked at me and said, no, 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 you Rescue, I wanted to fill a void. I never wanted to take away from any of the wonderful work that the Children's Advocacy Centers did or CASA or any of our veterans organizations or, you know, people that work with battered women. I simply wanted to fill a void for people that needed a different approach to mental health. When kids especially are regressing, they, um we start to see all kinds of additional symptoms so we see eating disorders we have probably 14 kids in our program right now that are self- mutilating you know that means they're cutting themselves their hands their arms their face right um, you know you see extreme depression anger you know all kinds of additional symptoms so our program has to, um, be able to not only do our animal therapy and equine therapy program, but it, we also do EMDR and CPT and all every modality that you can think of, sand therapy and play therapy. We kind of, you know, throw the kitchen sink at this in an attempt to get to the root of the trauma so that we can teach these individuals how to, uh, deal with their trauma in a in a healthy way and how to deal with their triggers that are going to happen. Because the trauma is never going to go away. But we can give them the tools that they need to have a happy and fulfilled life as these triggers, you know, expand over as they get older. And so um, we started getting human trafficking victims in a couple of years ago. and The youngest human trafficking victim that we had in our program was six years old. And so, um, you know, one day I got a phone call and um, I was asked to be part of a coalition that they were forming in Texas to, you know, address the issues of human trafficking. And I would go to these meetings and, and listen and I was learning a lot. And, you know, one day I just innocently raised my hand and said, do you mind if I ask a question? And You know, there was law enforcement in there and Homeland Security and judges and all kinds of different people talking about, you know, this issue. And I said, um, you know, is there, is there a problem with boys? You know, every, we're talking about girls and women here and I get the seriousness of it, but I'm just wondering, is there a problem with boys and young men and, uh, Judge McCary, any place for boys to go. I got a phone call maybe 10 or 11 months ago from the governor's office here in Texas, and they said Governor Abbott is putting together a task force to develop a strategy around boys and young men being human traffic in Texas, and would you like to be a part of it? And so that was for me a a huge opportunity and an honor to participate in that and to really start to learn about how horrific the situation is and and in my you know quest for learning i realized that it is a significant problem and so we committed as an organization to open the first ever safe house for young men 17 to 24 uh, in the country and we hope to open that by june of this year and so um
0: You know, you bring up something that is very um, troubling, and it is the fact that no one, not not many people look at the idea that young boys or young men or young teens are taken for trafficking or or raped or sexually abused people. And, And it's not to knock anything about the fact of, you know, the little belittle the women part of it, because that's horrible. But, but there's some training there, there's some training there, and there's some things to look for, as you just said. And there's not almost any for, you know, the other group, <clears throat> excuse me. And that part of being for young men, young children, young boys, um, it's amazing that, there, that there's not more out there. And the awareness is beyond me that up to 50% of the human trafficking Uh, is is little boys and young men and everything else I don't think anybody even mentions that even in in a movie or anything no and you know the good news is that you know if if there is any good news is that at least in Texas here you know we have a governor
1: who is addressing it and so now I think what's happening is you'll see um, other governors and and, and individuals you know talk about this now Mike Pompeo in the Mm last predators figure out ways of how to reach these kids. And so it's a very, very serious uh, issue.
0: Yes, and and this is the thing that I, I put out regularly to friends, family, on the show, is look, there's a reason why you watch your children's phones, internet, and everything else. This is no joke. It can take one minute. You don't really know who's on the other end of who you're talking to on the internet, unless you know this person physically and personally, you don't know if this person's the guy down the street, the girl down the street or some 12 year old kid or whatever. That's why I hugely encourage parents to monitor their children's uh, internet and their phone and everything else, because if they get wrapped up in this, it's hard to find them. And, and, and I'm not making it scary to make it scary. It is scary. And I'm talking now, people, everybody out there listening. me. I'm talking to an expert at this. This is no joke. You watch your children's Internet and monitor it because you do not know who you're talking to. And they, they are talking to. And I really you have no idea how much I appreciate you coming on the show today and pointing some of these things out because I'd much rather be an overbearing parent. That, uh, that, that looks over those things and makes sure, well, that privacy is mine. No, that privacy is mine. I own the phone and I'm the parent. Then my child not be there.
1: Yes, and I think, you know, you're doing a great service to all parents when you continually preach that. But I also think it's important for parents to listen to their kids. Because, Absolutely. And, and their kids need to know that they can talk to them about anything. child, you know, you've got to watch their behaviors and see if there's anything different or, uh, you know, you really have to be a detective when it comes to your children. Uh, but at the end of the day, the reality is that predators stay up nights and traffickers trying to figure out how to get the kids and young people, uh, whether it's boys or girls. And so uh, it's a there's a lot of evil in the world today and, you know, you've got to stay two steps ahead of it. You know, I don't think anybody should live in fear, but I I think that people have to get their heads out of the sand, all right? Be very cognizant to what's happening. And, you know, it can be a family member, it can be a neighbor, uh, it can be somebody at a school or a church. uh, You know, I mean, you just don't know, um, you
0: know, who it's going to be. And I'm really happy that you bring this forward. Now, tell us a little bit about... Now, obviously, this is very costly. So is there somewhere people can look up if they'd like to donate to the cause, they'd like to donate to your program, or sponsor it if it's a corporate entity? Please tell us a little bit about this, um, to what what part of this procedure, obviously, because it is a very costly situation.
1: It is. And, uh, you know, right now, Uh, We're working very diligently to try to get state and federal funding, but that's a long process. You know, it's a year-to-two-year process in order to even get into the grant system. Our services for victims um, are generally funded by our grant partners, and our donors um, generally fund our operations piece. Most grant partners won't fund our staffing, you know what I mean, and that sort of thing. So uh, we do rely on donations, and we're looking at startup costs of around a half a million dollars, of which we're continually raising money, and we're in the property search phase right now. Um, but people can go to our website, which is uh, www.ranch, hand, rescue, R-E-S-C-U-E, dot uh, to learn more about us. They can always contact me at 940 940- Two four zero oh five hundred, and I'm happy to meet with anybody to, you know, talk about these issues.
0: Right, and because the cost, uh, obviously, I'm sorry, excuse me, I didn't mean to talk over, the, but obviously because of the fact of the, um, the animal cost feed, um, having people there, all of the property cost um, to have help there, I mean, none of this is cheap, and I, I want people to understand that, you know, every little dollar helps.
1: Yes, sir. I mean, I tell people that all the time, even if it's $5, you know, it's uh, every little bit does help because of the cost, as you can imagine. And there's our single biggest expense outside of counseling, you know, our counseling services is our animal expense, you know, the medical expense. And one thing that, um, you know, I would like to share with you all is that the, is your Our strategy to the safe house is a long-term strategy of hope and healing. So I think that, you know, there are, uh, I always try to look at what works, what doesn't work. We look at our organization as an organization and say, okay, what can we do better? You know, we're audited every year by an independent auditor and we, uh, um, you know, focus on fiscal responsibility and, you know, trying to help as many people as we can, of course. But with the safe house piece, we're looking at a two to three year program for these young men that hopefully will incorporate, uh, you know, for me, it's God, but for them, whatever their higher power is, uh, you know, in a spiritual environment, and then to um, give them the types of counseling that they need so that they can deal with the things that have happened to them, along with uh, getting them back in school so that they can Complete an education or figure out a trade. Uh, we're going to have a grandparenting program uh, uh, so that they can be nurtured. Uh, of course, the animal piece is important. We think to that healing, so that they've got some responsibility taking care of the animals and uh, you know bonding with them. And then we're going to leverage about twenty percent of our practices veterans with severe PTSD and anxiety, and we're going to leverage our veteran relationship so that um, we can give these kids some role models and um, and have some, uh, you know, words of wisdom from people who have been down certain paths and dealt with certain things, and uh, so I think we've got, you know, hopefully the factors, all the factors figured out and the recipe for success, and the, and the real issue is going to be whether or not we can... So, hopefully, all
0: of us can work together to, you know, help stop this problem. Amen to that, my friend. Now, you are a uh, nonprofit organization, a 5013C, right? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. We are. Okay, well, so that That means that 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 people can tax deduct that. You know, right now, it's tax deduction time, guys. You guys make sure to check it out. RanchHandRescue.org. Uh, we've had the pleasure of having Mr. Bob Williams on today. We really, really appreciate it. We hope to have you back on again, sir. And um, Now, you're in uh, Denton, Texas? Correct. Right outside Correct. of and Dallas, I, I, Texas.
1: Right, right, just north of Dallas, and right smack dab in the middle of Metroplex. And, and I want to thank you, sir, for, for having, for your kindness and for you know, having me on, it's a, it's a big hour for me,
0: as I mentioned, and I'm, I'm grateful that you're helping us, but we're here. Uh, we hope to have you. Normally, we have a lot of entertainers on and everything else, and I said, you know what? This is something that um, you, you give your huge shout out to your publicist, Barry, because of the fact that he was like, uh, "Char, look, if you, you know, this is a great situation. I think you could have it on, and I was like, absolutely. I was all on board, so please, I hope to have you on again, maybe in spring to catch up and see how you're going, and if you have anything else coming up, you let us know, and we'd be more than glad to share it. This is Bob Williams right now, ranchhandrescue.org. You guys go help him out over there, live on the Lifebox Media Channel right now. Thank you so much, sir, for showing up, and we will make sure to share all your information out on all our platforms.
1: Thank you. God bless.
0: God bless you, sir. Thank you. Have a great day.